शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतन की जय श्री ब्रह्मार गीत की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय गौर परमानंद हरि हरि बो So I pronounce to all of you <clears throat> from Brighton, United Kingdom, England, this time after visiting Finland. And one more time due to some programs that I'm having today, Monday, I won't be able, unfortunately, to share with all of you live and direct. So that's why I'm recording this meeting with some days in advance. So excuse me for, for that. But somehow or other, I wanted to remain present in the dynamics of Monday lectures of our Brahma Gita. So today we are in our 18th session on the third class concerning the conclusion of our discussion study of Brahma Gita. Today we will be studying verses 38 to 52 from chapter 47 of 10th canto of the Bhagavatam as an afterthought of the song of the bumblebee. But as usual, first of all, we will make some brief recap of what we were studying our previous Monday, the second class of conclusion of this Brahma Gita, where we were studying verses 30 to 37, almost most of the part of what constitutes Krishna's reply, message to the gopis sent through Udhav. In the previous class to that one, <clears throat> we introduced that message with the very first verse of this message. Total, there are nine verses. So, in our previous class, we saw the last eight ones, and the class before that one, we saw the very first one. So, we won't go in full detail, but some brief mention of it for sure. So, first of all, Krishna says to them, to the gopis, remember, all these messages have an overtly, overt meaning in terms of um, Aishwarya, if you will, Brahma Gyan, Upanishadic knowledge, Sankhya, however you may like to call it, and deeper and deeper layers of meaning understood by the gopis. So Krishna, in the first verse of our previous classes, which is the second verse of the whole message, is saying that I sustain, create, and destroy everything through my Shakti. So in a general way, Again, the general meaning has to do is the absolute, everything is maintained by him, everything is him, is connected with him. But through my Shakti, the gopis understood, through my Yoga Maya, Krishna is telling to them, I uh, sustain you and unite with you, and I will destroy my separation from you, basically. Again, brief recap, I will enter into the details of each and single, every single verse. Then also... Sri Krishna says that the soul can be perceived, consciousness can be perceived in these three stages of being of wakefulness, dream, and dreamless sleep. So also, it is said, the Atma, which is another name for Krishna, does not only refer to the soul, but it's Krishna himself, that's another name for him. So me, Atma, I'm present with you, gopis, in all these three stages. I reveal to you in your dreamless sleep, when there is not even dream, I appear to you there. In, in your dreams, 
I appear there, and in wakeful state, I manifest through Spurtis, and as we will see, he will mention, I will go there and meet you soon in this Prakat Prakash in the Bhoma Lila. But the Gopis perceive separation. And after some of these initial verses where Krishna is like speaking in these more Upanishadic hmm, terms, eventually he starts to speak more directly, hmm, more explicitly about his inner intent. Hmm. So also as to benefit Uddhav, we could say. Before, before that, Uddhav was just grasping the most general meaning of the verses crusade, but Krishna, since he's a Jnani Bhakta as well, he has knowledge of Krishna's divinity, Aishvarya, but he was not able to fully grasp the ultimate meaning that the gopis were actually grasping. So in order also to bless him and to further confirm his intention to the gopis, the last verses of Krishna's message are much more clear and direct in terms of why he has not returned and how he will return. So he mentions to the gopis, the reason why I'm far from you is actually to intensify your meditation in me. Out of sight, because whenever you are close to someone with your sight, with your eyes, that person remains a little bit further from you in your mind. But when someone you love disappears from your sight, it will become more and more established person in your mind. <clears throat> I remember last week, Rigupat Prabhu made this question. Sometimes we have this saying, out of sight, out of mind. And that works like that for many of us. Unless we have something in front of our eyes, we may not have that present in our lives. But I will say that, of course, is a saying, it's an example in, that applies to a particular realm of experience, and it's not so applicable to the realm of love. When you do not love someone, that will happen. You know? Someone disappears from your sight, and you stop loving that person. Or in other words, you never love that person too much. <laughs> But if real love, and, and of course this is the real, real thing, real love, appears or is there, like the gopis for Krishna and vice versa, when, whenever real love is there, this disappearance from sight further intensifies and internalizes the bhava and the feeling for the person and the mind becomes even more absorbed in the object of love. Hmm. So Krishna, with this idea, also wants to tell to the gopis, remember, only you are, you are experiencing separation from me, but this separation is not absolute in every single sense. It's only in connection to one particular dimension or prakash, called prakat prakash, here on earth, but not in the aprakat prakash, in the unmanifest portal or window, where we are experiencing constant union among the two. And of course, we have been speaking already about the purpose of this Vipralamba in connection to Sambhog, then Krishna gives a further example to illustrate the situation with the lover is far away from the beloved. The beloved remembers him or her more than in his presence. Again, the same point made there, applicable more to ladies to men, men with ladies. And given the level of your absorption on gopis, Krishna said to them, you will very soon have me with you there again. In other words, I will, although we are permanently united in this aprakat prakash, you will also soon have me in the Prakat Prakash that you are experiencing separation from me in connection to in, in this particular window. I also will go there. I will return to Brash in that particular Prakash and that Prakat Prakash will merge into the Aprakat Prakash. And as we will see, that will be the closing of the Brajalil on earth. Hmm? And to finally reconfirm re or illustrate further, for, furthermore his point, Krishna will finish his message to the gopis by quoting a famous example, which is that of the gopis who were, if you will, locked in their ho homes 
when they heard Krishna's flute in the first night of the Rasa Lila, and they wanted to join Krishna, but they were not able to do so because of certain lack of uh, some scars with Nityasiddha gopis in the Lila. So Krishna is saying in this message, although those gopis were trapped, were locked, and could not join the Rasa Lila on that particular night, they attained me actually by absorbing their minds in their houses in me, in my Lila, while being locked, and I manifested myself in their house and they experienced union with me there. Mm? So his point is, if this uh, sadhana see the gopis mm, experience this, what to speak of you, Nitya see the gopis? Mm? At least many of the gopis present here are Nitya Siddhas, not necessarily all, mm? but especially and first and foremost, he will be speaking all this to Srirada, mm? the main character of our Brahma Gita. So again, all these different levels of of, of meaning are there. The gopis are grasping Krishna's ultimate intention. All this is helping us to further see, appreciate, not only how Radha and the gopis love Krishna so much, but he himself loves them so much and tries to reciprocate as much as I can, as he can, sorry. Although he will see, as we will see today, he also experiences some depth in that connection. So today we will study the gopis' reply. To this message of Krishna. So the gopis have something to say. And this will be overtly stated in the Bhagavatam. In our previous lecture we mentioned some things that the gopis were saying between Krishna's messages. But these were mostly revealed by our Purvacharas in their commentator, commentaries. So today we will see verses 38 to 52. Which is approximately 15 verses. In which the gopis will reply to all these messages that Krishna has sent. So we will go directly to the verses in English as usual, because there are many to go in Sanskrit and word by word, but we will try to, of course, highlight whatever important Sanskrit terms are there to share, although, of course, all the Sanskrit terms are important to share and unpack. But again, time is, <coughs> is brief here, so we will try to focus on one particular, these particular more important things. So, verse 38, first to begin with, from chapter 47, 10th canto of the Bhagavad. As usual, Sukadev Goswami will speak to Maharaj Pariksit in between these switches, shifts in the conversation. So, Sukadev Goswami said, The women of Raj were pleased to hear this message from their dear most Krishna. His words, having revived their memory, they addressed Uddhav as follows. So we see, generally, when the Brahma Gita finishes, there will be some verse of Sukadev Goswami speaking to Maharaj Pariksit, like showing, putting in context this stage, the situation, and what will take place next. Then the next series of messages are there. Then Sukadev Goswami goes back and narrates to Raj Pariksit up to us what's going on and so on. So, here it is mentioned that the gopis were pleased to hear this message from Krishna, their dear most. Um, his words revived their memory, and therefore they address Uddhav as follows, and of course next verse will begin with the Gopi's words. But before that, let's go a little bit to the, some words of our Purvacharas while commenting on this. Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, his Sarartha Darshani, he mentioned that this verse was spoken, but the Gopis mentioned in the previous verse, who had been trapped in their houses. So as we can see, those birds who were trapped on the first night of the Rasa Lila locked in their houses now were present here. Hmm? 
in along with Udo. So this group is in particular who had insight of what happened that night, if you will, they are confirming what Krishna says in the messages. Uda is true, they say. During that night we enjoyed with Krishna. That is true. Krishna is not just saying some nice words, but actually that's that's a fact. We can give our testimony. And after hearing from Uda, of course, this message the gopis remembered, Vishwanath mentions their own experiences, which were proof of these words. They became absorbed in how this took place. And then they became satisfied with Uda and spoke to him very politely, as we will see in the next verses. But before going there also, let's share with Srila Jiva Goswami Pat, commencing his Lagu Vaishnavtoshani. Here in this verse, Srila Jiva Goswami explains the expression, Krishna's words revived the gopis' memory. So what's the meaning of this? <coughs> so Srila Jiva Goswami Prabhupada says that their remembrance that remembers that was revived by Krishna's message refers to the gopis' conscious reascertainment. The word anusandhana in this verse refers to reascertainment. So this revival, if you will, of remembrance in the gopis' minds refers to their conscious reascertainment of their eternal union of, with Him. In other words, they continue connected with Krishna non-stop in the Aprakat Prakash that Krishna was trying to make clear to them. So account, on account of this, they felt, they felt delighted. <clears throat> and from then onwards, Lajiva Goswami mentions, whenever the gopis experienced the Aprakat Lila, the unmanifest dimension of Dila, they felt complete satisfaction, confirming, indeed, we are there, He is there, there is no possible separation. But when, however, the perception was of the Prakat Lila, on earth, the Prakat Prakash, they felt separation. In this way, Jiva Goswami says, the twin polarity of their internal bhav is indicated. And of course, as we know, one nourishing each other. So in this way, the, the, the awareness of the gopis, we'll say, in this, in this particular section of the Lila, in this particular stage of the unfolding of the Boma Lila, the awareness of the gopis will, will thus alternate between the Aprakat and the Prakat Lila, or the Prakat Prakash. So they were living on the, in the Prakat Prakash, in Vrindavan on earth. Please try to bear with me with the terms. And the gopis had different regular duties to perform there, as gopis, as married ladies, most of them, and so on, in the dynamic, social, social, uh, the social dynamics of the Lila and Braj. Therefore, they could not remain constantly in the state of awareness of the reunion in the Aprakat Prakash. Therefore, they were aware for moments we are separated from Krishna, the Prakat Prakash. So in this way, they continue to oscillate between these two contrasting, but yet complementary poles until they fully enter into the Aprakat Prakash, until the Prakat Prakash merges into the Aprakat Prakash. So because the gopis were immersed in such a state, <clears throat> After hearing Krishna's message from Uddhav, it is said that Krishna did not return to Braj immediately because it was a particular emotional situation that Krishna preferred. Let's wait a little bit more. As we will see, he will return to Braj in the Prakat Prakash, but he considers still this experience of separation there has to reach a higher purpose, if you will, in order for the union to be some Vridhiman Sambhav or complete. 
fully comprehensive. So, that's it. First verse when Srila Sukadeva Goswami presents what's about to come. Let's go to the second verse, next verse, which is verse 39. So the gopis said, replying to Uda, replying to Krishna through Uda, it is very good that Kamsa, the enemy and persecutor of the Yadus, has now been killed, along with his followers. And it is also very good that Lord Achyuta is living happily in the company of his wish, well-wishing friends and relatives whose every desire is now fulfilled. <coughs> so in other words, basically the gopis are saying here, but good fortune, his enemy, Kamsa, who made the Jadu suffering, suffer so much is dead. So Krishna is now with the Jadus whom him has attained. They were separated. Brasudev, Devaki were in prison. We know all these dynamics. So, basically, he's happy now. So his happiness is our happiness. So with that intention, they first rejoice. We will see that the different verses will be spoken by different groups of gopis, from different perspectives, with different bhavas. <clears throat> but this is one, one group of gopis saying, okay, if he's happy, we are happy. Well, our happiness is his happiness. So then some gopis, to say, which are from a different group, which are different from the gopis who were prevented from going to the Rasa Lila. Remember, they are the ones who spoke this first birth. Other gopis, they will speak with another mood, with jealousy in the next birth, thinking of the woman of Mathura's competitor. So as we know, there are different types of gopis. Dakshinabab, Babmiabab, some of them will be more submissive. Some of them will show more contrary mood. Some of them will say, if Krishna is happy there, we are happy. But some others will say, as we will see, we know he's not happy there. And therefore we are not happy because of that. Whatever the case, interestingly, in, the bo in both cases, their idea is his happiness is our happiness. Mm. So Gopi from a Dakshina Dabhav or a right wing, if you will, mood, mm, submissive mood, will say, well, if Krishna is happy, his happiness is our happiness, which in, in, indeed shows their selflessness of their love, hmm? the glory of that. But gopis that, like Radha, Bhamyabhav, gopis, left wing, hmm? contrary mood gopis, will say, no, no, we are totally sure that the women of Mathura are not able hmm, to give love to Krishna as gopis here can give. So, because he, we know he's not that happy, we are suffering so much, which again, in another way, even more intense, shows that Krishna's happiness is their happiness and Krishna's unhappiness is their unhappiness, which is the very uh, foundation of love that we need to understand at sadhakas. Love is about giving happiness and pleasure to the object of our affection in a selfless way. So let's go to the verse, verse number 40, when another group of gopis speak with jealousy. They say, and you remember, all these groups of gopis are surrounding, surrounding Uddhav and taking, the word, taking their words for one turn this gopi, one turn another gopi, and Uddhav in between switching between groups of gopis and having these different emotional waves of bhavas and charibabs flow, flowing in one direction, another direction, and he himself in the midst of that being carried by that and experiencing a whole, if you will, epiphany and conversion receiving that such powerful samskars in their association. 
Gentle Udav, is the elder brother of Gada now bestowing on the city woman the pleasure that actually belongs to us? <clears throat> we supposed those ladies worship him with generous glances full of affectionate, shy smiles. So Srila Vishwanatra mentions here in his Sarata Darshanitika that these jealous gopis said, paraphrasing them, we worship Krishna with our pleasing, shy smiles and generous glances. And that's their own experience. Is he now stimulating the love of the mature ladies with his bold glances? Is he worshipping them? Oh, although that glance is meant to be worshipped by us, it has become their worshipper. This is our great misfortune. So again, they are speaking with the sanctuary bubble to jealousy. All the things that are oh so unbecoming in the life of a sadhaka, anger, jealousy, envy, and so on. Again, in the full circle, arrival to the lila, we will find all of that is in its place. Like emotional waves making the ocean of Staibab, Madhurya Bab in this case, overflow. Srila Jiva Goswami begins explaining why the gopis referred to Krishna as the elder brother of Gada. What was the meaning of that? And so the name Gada Graj, which is appears appears in this verse, is indicating Krishna. He's the elder brother of Gada. So who is Gada? Gada it is he's the first son of Divarakshita. Divarakshita is one of the sisters of Devaki, Devaki, who was also married uh, with Basudev, who so was a co-wife. So by addressing Krishna with this in this way, we know that every time the gopis use any specific name for Krishna, it has deep meaning, deep purpose. So they indicate here the gopis, the jealous gopis, remember, now Krishna thinks of himself mostly as the son of Devaki. So they use this name that is in connection with the son of the sister of Devaki. Now his Abhiman, his self-identification is more in connection with Mathura. And, and somehow to say that these gopis have heard Krishna has great affection for this Devarakshita as a younger brother. So this hints as, as a possibility of Krishna's slackening of his attraction for Gokul. A slackening of affection for the gopis and an increased affection for the woman of Mathura. Again, we know this is not true. We know that Krishna is totally absorbing separation from Braj and the gopis. And for different reasons, as we have shared, he's not returning yet. But again, in, in their, the ways of love are mysterious. Mm. So these gopis that love Krishna so much, they will express as if he has totally forgotten them and he's totally in love and attracted <coughs> by the city dynamics and so on. Mm. So let's go to the next verse. Mm. In the following verse, other gopis, mm. another group of gopis will speak sarcastically, so somehow we are returning to some of the dynamics of the Brahma Gita, where Shirada at, at times spoke with to Krishna in this way. So other group of gopis will speak sarcastically with certain concealed anger. In reply to this verse, to the last verse we have mentioned, with some, with some gopis sarcastically also, or with jealousy in this case, are asking, is Krishna bestowing pleasure to the city, woman, Mathura? So this other group of gopis sarcastically will say, Oh foolish woman, why are you asking this, this same question again? You should have no doubt about this fact, that Krishna is giving pleasure to the mature ladies. So this is said in the next verse, verse 41. This 
other group of gopis, sarcastic gopis in this case, say, Sri Krishna is expert in all kinds of conjugal affairs and is the darling of the city woman. How can he not become entangled now that he is constantly adored by their enchanting words and gestures? So again, this group further confirms he is indeed totally entangled there, totally covered by the new sensibilities of great aristocracy and refined skills of the legs and so on. And Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, in his commentary to this verse, he further emphasized this point by paraphrasing the copies, saying, We village women and civilized cowherd girls have no special conjugal attraction to offer him, to offer Krishna, that most exalted person. We are not skilled in the use of such polite words and proper gestures. Thus we have rightly concluded that Krishna has abandoned us in attaining the cultured woman of Mathura. Many times this has been said before. The gopis compare themselves not out of lack of self-esteem and they have some trauma or complex from childhood. Please do not make the mistake of comparing this with how ourselves <laughs> in conditioned state can, can engage in something similar to this. This is only in the context of increasing staibha. So the gopis will say, we are uncivilized village girls, we don't have refined manners, we don't speak softly, we speak, we shout, basically we are pashubasha, this is the language of animals in Brach, we, we work with animals, so we have somehow become like animals, we have to speak too loudly in the distance, calling one another, so we develop certain mannerisms, which are very different from the culture lady from Mathura. So for sure Krishna house now has Paramdrishtanibartati has tasted experienced a higher taste. So he cannot return to the lower taste. <laughs> In this way they speak. And other gopis then said, Vishwanachakur mentioned that surely Krishna has abandoned us because we deserve to be abandoned. Indeed, we are the most insignificant woman in the world and have been rejected after having been enjoyed. But at least, does he remember us in such context? Hmm? So to this question, there will be a reply in the next verse. Hmm? So at, at one point, these copies will say even, okay, we are, we actually, we are not the great thing. We know that's the psychology of Braj. That's how Lobs works. Hmm? The greatest devoted thing themselves, the most insignificant. Hmm? That's a paradox of love. So the place where the greatest love is present, Braj, <coughs> is the place where their inhabitants feel themselves the lowest. We are totally undeserving of having Krishna here. We are totally deserved to be abandoned. We are not the great thing at all. We are the most insignificant woman in the world. Again, this is not some complex with, of self-esteem or some trauma or something, but it's genuine, extreme humility out of Prem. But even though they can't help but asking, even if we are so undeserving of Krishna, at least he remembered us in such a context, he has, he has enjoyed us and he has rejected us. At least he speaks about that at some point, he remembers us as the rejected ones while being in Mathura. Hmm? Hmm? So the, the, the next verse continues in this line, of course, verse 42. They say, O saintly one, Gopi speaking to, does Govinda ever remember us during his conversations with the city woman 
<clears throat> that he ever mention us village girls as he freely talks with them. Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur says here, the gopis are asking actually, do we at least sometimes enter <clears throat> into Krishna's memory on account of some good quality of ours or even because of something we did wrong? Maybe we have no good quality. Maybe that may be a conclusion. So at least maybe he speaks about us. He remembers us because of all the wrong things we have done, of all our faults. <laughs> Somehow or other, do we cross the path of his mind? of his memory. For sure he, Krishna, and the ladies in Mathura must sing, joke, make riddles, and talk about so many things at this present moment. So does Krishna ever say in those moments to them, <clears throat> my, dear, my dear city woman, your sophisticated singing and speeches are known to the gopis in my home village. They couldn't understand the things. Does he ever speak about us even in that way? No. Even the Gopisaraka, even if about in, 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 in praising the mature ladies and despising our position, our qualification, even in the context of criticizing us, does Krishna speak about us? <clears throat> <clears throat> so again, that shows how much they are in love with Krishna, how much they kind of but think in terms of how much, how. how of course, again, the, the idea is we love him so much, we love him so much, that he reciprocates on some level with that love. And, and again, the, the, the reply is yes, he cannot but. <laughs> and we will see that. He himself actually do not, not only remembers them, but he feels himself an eternal debtor in connection to the degree of their love. So in the next verse... The gopis' attention will go to the Rasalila nights that they spend with their beloved Sri Krishna. So now we have this shift in, in the topic, going to the Rasalila. <clears throat> Let's go to verse uh, 43. So another group of gopis is asking, Does he recall those nights in the Vrindavan forest, lovely with lotus, jasmine, and the bright moon, as we glorified his charming pastimes? He enjoyed with us, his beloved girlfriends, in the circle of the Rasa dance, which resounded with the music of Uncle Bells. Mm. We know to say that Radha's Uncle Bells captured Krishna much more than, than anything else. Krishna's flute is famous for capturing Radha and the Gopis' attention, but to say that Radha Uncle Bell, Radha's Uncle Bells are even much more powerful in capturing Krishna's mm, attention. And whenever those uncle bells are not sounding, is is what Krishna feels. There's I'm not de deriving any rasa from this experience. Rasa lila must stop. The uncle bells of Shirada's uncle bells have stopped sounding, and so on. And these uncle bells have their name, their personality. Again, we won't go into that direction. That whole different <laughs> series, the uncle bells of Shirada. But again, the concentration goes to the rasa lila, which, as we know, is like the apex, the very ultimate symbol. <clears throat> of divine love, of the type of celebration that takes place where two parties meet each other with totally selfless uh, disposition. Not because of certain em em emptiness they have and they want to fill themselves with the other person and vice versa. But the two parties are filled, Krishna and the Gopis, and they meet to celebrate the fullness, basically. Dancing, singing, kirtan. And kirtan means basically celebration. 
So we find this in the Rasa Lila and by extension for sure in the Rasa Sankirtan of Mahaprabhu when his devotees. So Srila Jiva Goswami here paraphrases the gopis similarly. He's, they say through him, or he himself being one of them, a manjari as well as the other Goswamis, they are totally engrossed by way of vicarious experience and identification with with their Swamini's situation, leader situation, and they can speak for them. So Srila Jiva Goswami says, those nights are different from the present past nights. Because there were so many nights like this. There were so many Rasalila nights. Like the Gopis say, it is impossible for us to forget them. So for us it is impossible to forget those nights. Now, does he remember those nights sometime? At least one of those nights? Does he reciprocate accordingly? In other words, constantly this question is here. The Gopis presenting how much they are affected by their association with Krishna. They wonder, does he somehow feel the same as, as us? So this creates the narrative presented in, the ways, in this way further enhances this contrast of how they feel Krishna is not, may not be feeling the same as us. And indeed, Krishna will say, yes, you are right, but not because he's totally forgotten them, but because he feels himself a debtor. He feels himself, I don't have the same level of love you have for me, and so on. So actually... Srila Jiva Goswami says, when the gopis ask in this way, that Krishna sometimes remember those nights? He says, this actually describes the gopis' qualification to be remembered by Krishna. And so indirectly, by them, they themselves present in their disposition, their absorption in those Rasa Lila nights, how much they gave themselves totally to Krishna in those nights from tip to toe. All this speaks of the gopis' adhikar, to be, and, and how Krishna should remember them, actually, and is doing that, as we know. On another side, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, in his Sarartha Darshani, he paraphrases also the Gopis, very much in the line of what Sri Radha mentions to, to Krishna in Kurukshetra, or what Sri Rupa Goswami composes in his verse, which somehow parallels what Mahaprabhu was singing in the Rathriyatra, this famous secular poetry, Where is Vrindavan? Where is the forest? Where is Jamuna? Where is Govardhan? We cannot meet without the proper stage for the Lila to take place. Mm. So the Gopis here are through Vishwanath Chakravartakura asking the same thing. Where is the Sacha River bank in Mathura? There is Jamuna maybe flowing in one, some parts there, but it's not the same type of flowing that it has in Vrindavan. Vrindavan is said that the Jamuna starts to, to flow slowly because he does, she doesn't want to to leave the place, basically. And the river banks are totally enchanting and different from Mathura. One thing is the forest, one thing is the city. Where else, the Gopis ask, is the music, song and dance that is so pleasing to Krishna? In Mathura? Mm -mm, no. So now we find this other uh, mood of, of, of another group of Gopis. Remember, the first ones were saying, if Krishna is happy, we are happy. But now these Gopis are, are realizing all the things that he found in Vrindavan are not found in Mathura, so he cannot be that happy. Mm. The intimate talks we had with Krishna, mm, that were praised even by the devis, the heavenly damsels, who were riding on the airplanes and throwing flower petals from heaven with, the, with their husbands while the Rasalila was taking place. Mm. Do the vile woman of Mathura know any such conversations we had with him? Rahasya Sambhida, these intimate, secret, confidential matters. 
Who in Matura knows how to make unguents, flower crowns, garlands, and betel nut preparations for Krishna's pleasure? They may be very qualified and civilized in many things, but they are not expert in all this <clears throat> organic presentation. And again, it's not so much about having the skill of doing something externally, but the content that is invested in those offerings, the heart that is poured in this in the simplicity of this village life and offerings the gopis are giving to Krishna. So this group of gopis, as we see very differently for the first group of gopis, they will think by remaining in Mathura, Krishna's happiness has completely disappeared. Remember, the other gopis say, oh, if he's happy in Mathura, then we are happy. But this other group of gopis will say, by, by Krishna not returning here and remain, remaining in Mathura, actually that created his happiness to totally disappear. So we will die in disappointment just thinking of Krishna's lack of bliss. So we see there are some differences of opinion among the gopis. Some gopis think of Krishna's happiness, Krishna's happy, sorry, Mathura, so we are happy. Other gopis say, we know he's not happy and we will just die because of disappointment, thinking of Krishna's lack of happiness. Again, in both cases, they are identified with Krishna's happiness or unhappiness and making them your, them, their, theirs. So that speaks for the base of love. But here we find the ultimate explanation of that. And then this Bhamya Gopis will say, if there were at least one woman in Mathura like us, who could please Krishna like us in Braj, then Krishna could enjoy with that woman, dancing with her, playing his flute and other pastimes. We know Krishna is not playing flute in Mathura. He's not that inspired to do so there. So the gopis say, if we heard that such a woman existed, then we could remain in Vrindavan happily, even though separate from Krishna. But there is not such a woman there, and that's torturing us. So again, over and over again, we find here the real cause, why the gopis are suffering so much in separation from Krishna. Not for themselves, not for their selfish, separate, exploitative agenda. Not only because of deep, absolute identification, with their beloveds, necessity. So, out of identification with the necessity of the object of our affection, and a whole identity of service arises. Prithivishayananda, Tadasrayananda. The happiness of the object of love actually is this happiness of the subject of love. The subject of the Vishaya, the happiness, the joy of the Vishaya is the joy of the Asraya. So, this is the glory of Prem. And over and over again, we are sadhakas, and we see this point is made over and over again in the Bhagavad, pounding this important ontological post. The nature of love has to do with this idea. We are happy if he is happy, we are unhappy if he, if he is unhappy. Like Sri says through Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami, when the explanation to the eighth verse of Sikshastakana is made at the end of Chaitanya Charitamrita. <clears throat> and it says that Sri says through him, if I get to know that Krishna would like to enjoy with a particular lady and that lady envies me from tit to toe, I won't hesitate in going to her home, becoming her maidservant, serving her selflessly and convince her and take her by the hand to Krishna so she can give him the pleasure he needs. So that's her real disposition. Whatever makes him happy, I'm totally willing to adapt, adjust and give myself fully for that happiness to take place. If it's with me, if it's without me. If it's with me, if Krishna's embracing, I'm happy. because Not because Krishna's embracing me, 
rather things. I'm happy because I know that Krishna is happy embracing me. But if I will know and feel Krishna is not happy in embracing me, I will be happier embracing some other lady. I will free myself from his embrace and make all the arrangements for that happiness he needs to take place. So this is the glory of Gopi Bhav, the glory of Brajabhav, basically. The glory of love, basically. Selflessness of Prem. Then Vishwanath Chakravarta will continue with the next verse mentioned that one Gopi at this point will say, Oh Sakis, because Krishna is unhappy in Mathura, he will immediately return there, here, sorry, to Brad. So one Gopi will take this point. Yes, we, ac- we are, are, accept the idea Krishna is unhappy there. And because of that, is that he will return to Braj. So believing this, accepting this um, theory, if you will, this proposal, another Gopi will reply in the next verse. So let's go to the next verse, which is verse uh, 44. So this Gopi says, Will that descendant of Dasaraha return here and by the touch of his limbs bring back to life those who are now burning with the grief he himself has caused? Will he save us in that way, just as Lord Indra brings a forest back to life with his water-bearing clouds. Hmm? So again, although as we already clarified in the previous class, internally the gopis feel, feel Krishna's presence, in the external state they were still immersed in separation, in the Prakat Prakash. So they spoke this verse in that mood, hmm? externally, which is known to people in general, including Uddhav. Remember, they are oscillating in this two platform because also not everyone is fully grasping what's going on in all these different layers and prakashas in the lives of the gopis. So especially for Uddhav, he's one of the most blessed ones here. He's mostly grasping what's going on in the prakat prakash. So in this verse, the word api, which generally means like however, but, etc., is used in the sense of suggesting a possibility, like a change of of idea, of prospect. So this means that Gopis have not given up the prospect of being united with Krishna in the Prakat Lila. Although they may have fully assure, full assurance there is permanent union in the Aprakat Prakash, also we don't lose our hope for him to return here in the Prakat Prakash. Srila Jiva Goswami similarly, he paraphrases the Gopis in this connection. Mentioning that we are suffering with grief caused by his actions. Now somehow they are scolding him again to Krishna. Because he chose to leave and he chose not to return. No, it's his, his choice. So the remedy to this suffering is the touch of his limbs. In other words, he has to reappear in front of our senses. So we can satisfy his senses. And if he does not do so, then he will be known as expert in being hard-hearted and fearless in killing women. In Gopi Gita also the Gopi sing in, in this similar line. Mm. Mm. You want to be famous as killer of ladies? Mm. Mm. So on the present tense, Sri Jiva Goswami Prabhu says, it's used here to indicate that the Gopis cannot tolerate the delay in, the, in his coming and touching them. Like this has to happen now, mm. as soon as possible. We are on the verge of death in this particular window of separation. So hearing this, one another gopi, an obstinate Bamya gopi, basically, will speak the next verse, and she will imply basically, hey Sakis, 
You are foolish ladies, foolish woman. You do not know at all what happiness Krishna is getting during the Rasa dance. Hear from me what type of happiness he likes. So again, and now another shift in the conversation, another gopi taking the word, and she will say in verse 45 the following. But why should Krishna come here? Remember, the last part was, uh, because he's not happy in Mathura, he may return to Raj. So this other gopi says, but why Krishna? Why should Krishna come here after winning a kingdom, killing his enemies, and marrying the daughters of kings? He's satisfied there, surrounded by all his friends and well-wishers. So again, we have a change of... And again, all these different waves, even though they seem to oppose to one another, it's like further steering the Tao, if you will, further churning the heart, further enhancing the experience of Rasa, furthering making the whole... Uh, experience of separation to be justified and to incre increase, as we will see eventually, the perfect joy of union that will take place eventually. And in the context of that, again, Uddhava is being totally transported more and more to newer and newer dimensions. So Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur here paraphrases the gopi, saying, why will this particular gopi who speaks here, why will Krishna return to Raj? You are saying he may return, he will return, why? Hmm? And he mentions this point here. Here, if he will return, Krishna, he has to undergo the hardships hmm, of tending the cows. That's not easy feat. It's not small feat. That's hard work. And there in Mathura, he has obtained a kingdom. So try to compare one thing with the other. Being a cowherd boy, being a king. Hmm. What will he choose from now on? And here, Krishna can only sport hmm, with women from the cowherd stay caste with Vaishyas, and there he can enjoy it with ladies of noble descent, Kshatriyanis. Mm. So what happiness can Krishna will derive here? Mm. Here Krishna is cowherd boy, there Krishna is king. Mm. No point of comparison. In other words, he won't return. Mm. Sridhar Swami, in his own Bhavarta Deepika commentary, adds a certain nuance to this. And so this Gopi, through him, is saying, actually because Krishna had nowhere to go, nowhere else to go before, Previously, he resided here for 11 years, but now he has acquired great opulence. So why he will come here? So this copy will present this added, extra added feature. He's, yeah, he stayed in Braj for 11 years, but only because he didn't have a better place to stay. He didn't have that many resources and contacts, if you will. But eventually, he became well-known in Mathura, killed Kamsa, so many things came to him, so no doubt he will remain there. <laughs> And through Sanatan Goswami, who appears now here in his Brihad Vaishnav Tosani, this gopi will, another gopi may retort to this gopi saying, even if that is so, he will come to please his father, mother and dear friends. Even if he has found a higher standard of life in Mathura, he may return here to please his parents and relatives. And, and this gopi again from this verse will say, or other gopi for that matter, in the city he has obtained now great friends. He has obtained a new mother and father, Vasudeva and Devaki. So why will he depend on others now? Hmm? Or other, another possibility that Sanatana Goswami makes here is, actually even if he would like to come, he will be stopped by his relatives in Mathura. As we were already explaining, the Mathura buses are not willing 
that Krishna returns to Raj. Not because they are bad people, just because they love Krishna, but their particular love is such that they cannot conceive uh, Krishna leaving them now, after so much time of separation from him, especially what to speak about Vasudeva and Devaki, they were in prison for so many years. And now that Krishna is with them, if Krishna will disappear, they will die, basically. But the Brajavas standard is higher, as we mentioned. They can survive in separation from Krishna, not because they love him less than the Mathura Basi, but because they love him more. And the consideration is if we we are dying in separation, but if we really allow ourselves to die, and Krishna returns to Vrindavan or gets to know that we have died, that may create in him some pain. And we don't want to... We can bear the idea, the possibility of causing some pain to him. So somehow or other, we have to remain alive. <laughs> so, in the next verse, another copy will speak about Krishna's Atmaramata. Krishna is being self-satisfied and therefore indifferent toward everything. Not in need of anyone, basically. So, verse 46. This copy says, The great soul Krishna is the lord of the gods of fortune, and he automatically achieves whatever he desires. How can we, forest dwellers, or any other woman, fulfill his purposes when he is already fulfilled within himself? Hmm? So, he is so fulfilling himself that even he doesn't need the ladies of Mathura, but what to speak of us, hmm? wild forest well dwellers or something. Hmm? Of course, another way of Another intention here that Srila Jiva Goswami mentions in his purpose is because he's satisfied, because he's Atmaram, he should not actually marry any princess. So some jealousy also appears in the language of these gopis. He doesn't need anyone, so he should marry them. We know that that's about to take place eventually. So the gopis express this, this to Udham here, even in connection to Lakshmi. We know already that, no? I mean, he's here to say that he's known as Lakshmi Pati, the Lord of Lakshmi. He can obtain whatever he wants, but he remains indifferent even to Lakshmi. So what to speak of us? So interestingly, again, in their subjectivity of their psychology and love, the Gopi feel, I mean, Lakshmi, the topmost chaste lady on earth, the most venerable devotee of Hari, and he remains even indifferent to her. So we are, who are we in comparison to her? But actually, as we know, and as Uda will establish after hearing all this, he will go, and Uda will establish, you are above Lakshmi herself. You are the real, ultimate Mahalakshmis. That's what the Brahma Samhita is saying. Lakshmi sahasra satasam brahmanase bimanam. And Uda himself will say, nayam shriyangauni tantarati prishna, and so on. We will see those prayers from Uda, establishing what you have achieved, not even Lakshmi has an idea about that. We'll see that in a few lectures. Bear with me. So, again, the gopis in this verse are speaking out of great longing, fully engrossed in their bhav, without recognizing their own glory, their own superiority above Lakshmi, who is but an expansion of the ultimate Adi Lakshmi, Sri Radha. And, ex and express themselves out of dejection because they cannot attain Krishna. But as we will see, the gopis are not only above Lakshmi, but in one sense above Krishna, if you will, in the sense that Krishna himself, Krishna's own personal opinion is 
they're above me, they're prem. Because what does it mean to be above or below? To have more or less prem, basically. In terms of prem, we establish the superiority or not of someone. So categorically speaking, Krishna feels Radha, the gopis, are above my head. So they are not only above Lakshmi, but above Krishna himself. That's his own opinion, conclusion. <laughs> so it is said that one gopi replied to this saying, Okay, therefore, if Krishna is self-satisfied, he doesn't need anything and anyone, then you should give all hopes of attaining Krishna. Period. I mean, why is so much situation around this? If you reach this conclusion and accept his Atmaral, then stop thinking about him. So the next another gopi will reply to that possibility in the next verse, verse 47. It is said, Indeed, the great happiness is to renounce all desires, as even the prostitute Pingala has declared. Yet, even though we know this, we cannot give up our hopes of attaining Krishna. So that, that's the incapacity, if you will, lack of capacity of the gopis, which actually shows the, their, their greatest adhikar. <laughs> although they express themselves as again ordinary ladies yes the greatest thing is to renounce be detached from these attachments mundane attachment to, to love romantic stuff even the prostitute Pingala has declared that her testimony is found in the Bhagavatam and we won't go into the details but it's mostly about she at one point has some epiphany aha moment when she realized all these issues of mundane interactions and attachments are taking me nowhere. So she somehow became detached from that and adopted another type of perspective in life. So the gopis are quoting this which Thakur paraphrases them in his purpose saying, the gopis say, it is difficult for anyone to give up hope concerning Krishna. Pingala had desires, had desires for men other than Krishna, therefore she could give up those desires. So this is the point they are making here. Yes, one should be detached from everything as Pingala did with attraction to man, well, she was not attached to Krishna, but to ordinary man. But we are attached to Krishna, like implying, if, if, if Pingala will be attached to Krishna, for sure, I don't think she will be able to get detached from him, as we are not able to do that. Hmm? We know these many lilas where the gopis say, Krishna is giving us such a hard time, let's forget him for a moment. So they sit like joginis, try to concentrate about not thinking in Krishna, forgetting him for a moment, at least for a minute. And after a minute, they start to look at each other and they look and say, no, not possible, not possible. We cannot forget him. So they feel this is our lack of adhikar. This is our whatever uh, weakness. We cannot forget him. But again, this is all expressed in the context of the so-called ordinariness of the Naralila. In the Narli that they feel themselves as such, but that actually speaks of their greatest glories. Sri so, Lajiva Goswami, his purport to this verse, paraphrases the Gopis as well. They say through him, The greatest happiness is definitely detachment. And again, this speaks from this perspective. Even the, even the prostitute Pingala has said this. Normally, prostitutes will not say this. So, we know that detachment is the greatest happiness. We have desire for Krishna, which is difficult to overcome. And of course, this speaks why they have this desire, because he has this desire also. And his desire is not, as we know, breaking his Atmaramata, but speaking about his Pararamata. 
So the fact that Krishna is desirous of the gopis is not that he stopped being self-satisfied, but on the basis of that self-satisfaction, he develops supreme dissatisfaction in the context of Prem. Because Prem makes one fulfilled, but at the same time it can always increase. So these unique dynamics of Prem is what makes Krishna who he is, basically. And therefore makes the gopis who they are. They live only to reciprocate according to their perceived necessity in Krishna's heart. So basically the conclusion of the gopis here is we don't know how to give him up. They express this like with total like what to do now. We don't know how to give him up. That's the goal of life for, actually for us. We may say we don't know how to remember Krishna. We don't know how to thank Krishna. But they're saying we don't know how to give him up. And they are saying this in front of Uddhav, which is considered by many as the greatest devotee. So they are giving up all reservations and speaking directly to Uddhav. Remember, with eyes full of tears, deep charged emotional content, and confessing to him, we don't know how to give him up. And of course, Uddhav, remember, he went there to, to try to like support them and console them, please try to do this, and Uddhav knows Krishna is Bhagavan, so, and the goal of life is to remember him, and the gopis are suffering so much, but at the same time, at the same time they cannot but remember him. So he's totally, again, experiencing this deep epiphany, deep conversion, realizing this is the highest possible thing. Let's go to the next verse, verse 48. We are reaching the last section of, of today's meeting. Bear with me for a moment. Who can bear to give up intimate talks with Sri Uttama Shloka? Although he shows no interest in her, Goddess Sri never moves from her place on his chest. So this is an elaboration of the previous idea. We, can't, we don't know how to give him up. Who can give him up? Who can give him up, especially if you got in touch with his intimate uh, words, secret glances, loving smiles. Uttama Shloka, he who is praised by the highest poetry because of all these qualities. And again, even though he shows total indifference to Lakshmi, Goddess Sri, she remains in his chest permanently. Again, Lakshmi is ignored by Krishna, but she is not giving up his chest, remaining there always in the famous form of golden line, Tribhatsa. Next verse, next verse 49, the gopis say, Dear Uddha Prabhu, when Krishna was here, in the company of Sankarsana Balaram, he enjoyed all these rivers, hills, forests, cows, and flute sounds. So again, the gopis cannot but absorb themselves in Krishna and his lila, and how everything becomes Udipana for them, for their remembrance, for their absorption. So they are extending to the vision of Raj, a vision of the dynamics of Raj with Krishna there. So Sanatan Goswami, in his Brihad Vaishnavtoshani here, he is paraphrasing the gopis. <clears throat> and they say through him, If we could forget him, our desire for him will decrease. But that's, that is not happening. Because why? And now come all these ingredients that the gopis mentioned. Rivers, hills, forests. If we go to the water, to the Jamona, we remember how the water was serving Krishna. If we are in our houses, which we consider as a small piece of stone, but we see a mountain, we remember how this mountain was serving Krishna. If we enter the forest, then we remember how the forests are serving Krishna. And so water, land, forest, 
all serve Krishna. Remember, all these items are not only items in Braj, but they are entities with will, volition, and prem. So whatever we see in any direction, the whole playground of Braj, the whole stage, is reminding us of Krishna because everything is there basically aligned with us. Everything is dedicated for serving Krishna. Or Sanatana Goswami, Sanatana Prabhu says, because of the intense pain of separation, all these items, rivers, mountains, and so on, directly appear to the gopis. They have like spurtis of all these different pastimes being enacted there and under particular bhava or serving disposition of the mountains, of the forests, of the earth, and so on. And Sanatana Goswami mentioned that the names of Krishna's friends are not mentioned directly because it will give rise to memories of Krishna that are too intense and that will cause intense greater greater pain. So, and the latter items in the list are more effective in causing causing remembrance. The cows, the flute sounds, which imply, of course, his friends would play flutes as well. And Sanatana Goswami concludes because all this arises in Braj, this gives a particular instruction to Uddha, implying this is not found anywhere else. These items, which constitute, personify a particular type of bhava and serving disposition, this is not found anywhere else. So Uddhav is, again, he's very smart, he's great devotee, he's a totally intelligent, pure soul. So he's really taking note in his heart about each and every of all these statements and realizing more and more about the glory of Braj. So again, these sections of the Bhagavatam are so crucial because... This is what the Bhagavatam is about, the ultimately. Srimad Bhagavatam is about the love of Vrindavan. The Bhagavatam is promoting Vrajabhav. This is why Mahaprabhu embraced the Bhagavatam so deeply, uh, because his own ideal was to enter deep and deeper into this Vrajabhav. Hmm? Let's go to verse number 50, in connection with the previous one. After mentioning all these rivers, hills, forests, cows, flute sounds, the Gopis continue saying, all this remind us constantly of Nanda's son. Indeed, because we see Krishna's footprints, which are marked with divine symbols, we can never forget him. So on top of that, apart from all the Udipanas mentioned previously, the hills, the rivers, all the stimulants, among all these, particularly the gopis in play here, Krishna's beautiful footprints suddenly split our hearts. Because remember, all these footprints remain in Braj, are preserved by the Brajavas' sacred moments, sacred items. Somehow or other, all the footprints of Krishna's walking in Braj remain in Braj, even after time, some time that Krishna has left Braj. Mm-hmm. So every time the Brajavas see that, with all the different marks of the flag and the symbols there, the hearts are split. Vishwanath mm-hmm. Chakrabarti Thakur says in this connection, paraphrasing the Gopis, that we see his footprints marked, again, with the divine symbols of a flag, <clears throat> a thunderbolt, and which remain on the earth, and not only on the earth, but on the stones. So what's the idea that the, the footprints remain on the stone? Every time Krishna puts his footprints on the stone, the stone melts as to receive the footprint and to remain in, 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 like become imbibed of the footprints, and, and that footprint will remain there forever. So that's the power Krishna's lotus feet, the soles of his lotus feet, they are so cooling, so melting, that even stone melts in order to host 
that footprints. We, we could, of course, take so many poetical and philosophical <laughs> implications or analogies with this. Our stone-like hearts should be able to receive that footprint in the form of now an association and let that melt, melt our heart. Jiva Goswami, in his purpose also, he mentions, paraphrasing the gopis here, speaking to the oh, Udav, mm, these footprints are everywhere. Because remember, with his gold, Krishna's going everywhere in Braj. Mm, so those footprints are everywhere with great variety according to different pastimes. Mm. In other words, there are different types of footprints. There are different ways in which Krishna walks, different styles of walking, different bhavas. Different pastimes imply different associates, implies different bhavas, and imply different walking for Krishna. Arjuna asked something similar to Krishna in the in the second chapter of the Gita. How a sage walks, how he sits, which implies how he moves in life, in which with which inner intent. Hmm? So similarly here, hmm? different footprints with great variety. Variety of Leela. So, and the gopis have this eye when the gopis see Krishna's footprints. They understand, oh, according to this footprint, he's executing this particular lila in this particular bhav with this particular associate, and that's why he's walking in that particular way. And they get totally absorbed in the particular situation that is taking place, visualizing the whole lila only through that particular footprint. So the gopis basically imply that here, those things are making us remember Krishna <clears throat> as a cowherd boy, Jiva Goswami mentions. Seeing all this, take our awareness of Krishna Sibaisi as a gopa, although from your instructions, Uddhav, you with the greatest for effort, we have, we have been made to remember Krishna as the Lord, as Bhagavan. But we have no taste for Gyan. So yes, Uddhav's attempt, in, in his attempt to save the gopis, basically he's trying to serve them, he's trying to dilute the emotional intensity in their hearts by reminding them he's Bhagavan, Paramatma, Bhagavan, Brahman, everything. And he's a Jnani Bhakta himself, but the gopis say we have no taste for that. So you try to take with great effort our attention in that direction. <laughs> but we see just one footprint ah, on all our intention and mind and senses, all of them float in that direction without obstruction. Hmm? So at this point it is said that Uddhav suggested to the gopis, if you keep remembering Krishna by looking at the rivers, mountains and forests, then maybe blind the cloth around your eyes, bind the cloth around your eyes, use your intelligence to lead your minds to some other thought and thus forget Krishna. No, because Uddhav is afraid also seeing this so intense for them, somehow or other try to stop thinking about him. So. The gopi will reply to Uddhav in the next verse, penultimate verse, verse 51. So she will say to Uddhav, in connection to this possible suggestion, Uddhav, how can we forget him when our hearts have been stolen away by the charming way he walks, his generous, generous smile and playful glances, and his honey-like words? So here these items are mentioned. Classical items mentioned everywhere in the different Gitas of the Gopis. Rahasisam, what is Prahasitam, Priya, Prima Bhikshanam, Biharanam Chati, Dhyanamangalam, Rahasisam, Vido, Yahridish Prisa, 
गुहकनो way of moving. Jiva Goswami confirms this in his purport here. But these three means, movement, love and words, and love includes smile and glances, by the way he moves, by the way he speaks to us, he has done it with that, and by his love expressed through his smile and glances, our intelligence has been totally stole, stolen. And of course, all these items, the gopis imply, indicate his special love for us, how he looked at us, how he smiled at us, and so on. Mm? How he spoke to us. Mm? So what, by, by what means can we forget his friendship or his movements, his love, his words? You are asking us to do that. Forget, but it's not just forget. <laughs> There's no way. Our intelligence now stays in Matura. He's in Matura, we are in Matura, in that sense. And our intelligence cannot be retreated back from there. So please, if you can think about some other method, about from, apart from my, binding our, our eyes with the clothes and thinking about something else, please tell us, by what means can we forget him even a little, if possible? Hmm. So now it is said, just before going to the last verse, after saying this, remember all the gopis are surrounding Uddhav, and Uddhav is totally still again dumbfounded and speechless, father glassed after hearing all this conversation. And after all this, the gopis had one more thing to say. And it is said that now, they stopped paying attention to Uddhav, and all the gopis who were sitting around him, they stood up and they faced Mathura, and began calling Krishna with loud voices. In misery, while weeping, they spoke the very last verse. So again, the gopis in the, implied in the previous verse, now our intelligence stands in, stays in Mathura and cannot be brought back from there. When they say, suggest this idea of Mathura, immediately all the gopis stand up like mad woman and look in the direction of Mathura where Krishna stands without forgetting totally that Uddhav is there and they will pronounce hmm, the very last verse hmm, of this, uh, well, not Brahman Gita, but, but of this reply that they have to share to them in this connection. So what's the meaning of this verse? Let's translate it. It says like this. Mm, one second. This one I would like to share with you in, in Sanskrit. So give me one minute. I'm looking for the, the Sanskrit and then we'll go to the translation. So the Gopi said, Hinata Hiramanata Brajanatharti Nashana Magna Mudhara Govinda Gokulam Brijinarnavat so basically the meaning of this is, O Master, O Master of the Gods of Fortune, O Master of Raj, O Destroyer of all suffering, Govinda, please lift your Gokul out of the ocean of distress in which it is drowning. So again, crying loudly, the Gopis will conclude the reply with this verse, calling him, He Nata, He means O, O Master, Nata, and the word Nata will appear many times here, Nata means Master, you are our own Master. Here Amanata, O Master of the Goddess of Fortune, with Rama also can ultimately refer, as we mentioned, to the Adi Lakshmi Shirada. Here Amanata, he Brajanat, 
Oh, uh, master of the whole Gokul, the whole of Braj. Mm. Arti Nasana. Mm. Oh, destroyer Nasana of Arti, of suffering. Mm. You are the destroyer of suffering. You are our master. You have to destroy your suffering. And with suffering, Magnam, mm. Udhara, Govinda Gokulam, Brijinarnavat. Mm. So this Gokulam is sub submerged, Magnam, in an ocean of distress. Brijina means distress and Arnabad means ocean. So your Gokul is drowning in an ocean of distress. So please Udhara Govinda. Udhara means uplift your branch, uplift your village. Oh Govinda, oh he who gives pleasure to the senses, reappear to your branch, you appear to the senses of your branch and bring them back to life. So very beautifully the Gopis, they conclude this reply to Krishna's message by taking shelter one more time in Nam Kirtan as they did at the end of their last song. Previous to this Brahma Gita, the, the previous song, we could say the fifth song in the tenth canto, we have the Benu Gita, Pranaya Gita, Gopi Gita, Jugal Gita, then Birah Gita, when Akrura is taking Krishna and Balaram to Mathura. And the very last song of this song of the Gopis they said they take shelter in, in Nam Kirtan after taking different trying to take shelter in different possibilities to stop Krishna from leaving and so on. They will pronounce this famous verse, you will know it. Govinda Dhamo Dharamadaviti. Govinda Dhamo Dharama. They will converge all their attempts in Nam Kirtan, concentrating, calling, calling out, crying out the names, resorting to Nam Kirtan as their last resource, basically. Srila mm. Sanatan Goswami Pad in his purport, he mentioned that here in this verse, the word magna actually is, is, is used in past tense. And so in, magna means drown. So instead of drowning, Braja is drowning is in an ocean of distress. Here the implication is Braja, Braja has drowned. So it's speaking in past tense. Mm. And the, so the use of the past tense and the image of the ocean, Sanatana Goswami implies, the situation cannot be counteracted. And the idea with this is, this indicates the hopeless condition of Raj. Of course, it will be counteracted. There is still some more time for them <laughs> to survive and, and, and meet Krishna. But it's reaching a point where it is almost hopeless. That's the condition of the gopis at the very end of the song, at the very end of their reply. They're overflowing with further separation. Hmm? Sri Lajiva Goswami in his own purpose mentioned that the word Nata, again Lord or Master, here, mentioned three times in the verse, means that Krishna is the Lord of Raj. Not Lord as God, but He is the Master of, of, of all the inhabitants of Gokul. And therefore, if you are the Master of Raj, the implication is He is also the destroyer of the misery of that Raj He is the Master of. He made His bow, this bow previously, He said this, context of the Govardhan Lila. I will protect my brush. I, I take the bow, I take the promise, I take the responsibility, the burden of protecting my Gukul. But now the Gopis are saying, your Gukul is drowning in an ocean of grief, not in a pool, not in a lake, not in a river of grief, in an ocean. The, the, the example of the ocean implies this all-pervading experience. Therefore, Jiva Goswami mentions, here the Gopis imply, O oh Krishna, please come and deliver all living beings living here in Braj. Hmm? So, interestingly, and a very important point, 
the gopis here, Jiva Goswami mentions, are praying for the protection of Gokul, ignoring their own suffering. They are not praying for them. Of course, they are part of Gokul, but their focus here is in all the other inhabitants with this showing, it is not only us who are, who are suffering, who are praying for your return. It's every single atom, speck of dust, living entity in Gokul. All of them are suffering. They are unable to tolerate your separation and we are unable to tolerate their suffering, the suffering of your Gokul. So please save them. The Gopis now have totally forgotten about themselves and, after, and their own condition. So they are praying, calling Krishna, crying to Krishna, by showing yourself only once, just once, come here, all misery will be destroyed. Everyone will be brought back to life. Everyone will become happy once again. And they call eventually Ogubinda. They resort to this very last name, very important, powerful name, Ogubinda. Gubinda is a name that Krishna received after the Govardhan Lila when he was bathed by Indra and other devas and, and crowned, established like Govinda. So the gopis imply, we know you received this name in that situation. You were bathed and enthroned as the king of Ukul after having protected the whole of Braj from Indra's terrible reign. So your name is Govinda came out of the context of you saving us and protecting Gokul. So you must protect your name, Govinda, by protecting Gokul, by performing suitable actions. And of course, Sila Jiva Goswami concludes his purpose saying, How could Krishna refuse the gopis who prayed to destroy the grief of the people of Raj, ignoring their own pain caused by separation? And we have to remember, their own pain is higher than all the other pains of the other inhabitants even of Braj. They are suffering more than anyone else, especially Suradas we know. But nonetheless, they were suffering much more than anyone else. They were praying, so the suffering of everyone else was relieved, except from them. They were not thinking about it. That's the ultimate peak of self-forgetfulness in divine love, basically. And let's finish with what Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur has to say in connection to this last verse. He paraphrases the gopis also. And he mentions, she said, they say to him, through him, O remover of suffering, in the past you performed many inconceivable pastimes to protect us, against, such as lifting Govardhan Hill to free us from the distress caused by Indra, the Sambartaka clouds and so on. But now, however, we are in an ocean of the most intense suffering caused by separation from you. In other words, you saved us from Indra's rage and, and rain, which was really extraordinary and very difficult situation. But this situation is even more difficult because it, it is connected with you, I mean, Now you have to save us from you, if you will, from your absence by coming. So please come of your own accord and save your Gokul, which will be destroyed either today or tomorrow. There is not much time left, basically. Come as soon as possible. We don't know how much more time we will survive. And basically, ultimately, of course, even though they, they are speaking about the rest of Gokul, the rest of Gokul will speak about that personality who gives life to the whole branch, who is Sri Radha. She's Rajeshwari. She's the, the, the life and soul of the whole branch. So if she dies, everyone else will die in Vrindavan. So they are somehow or other struggling to keep her alive, the madness of separation as we have seen. 
So in this way, the gopis finished this section, this reply calling to him, Oh, Govinda, come, please, and resume your duties of protecting the cows, Gopal, of protecting all the go, the gopis, the gopas, the gold, the, the land, this, our senses. Remember, Govinda means he who protects the senses. So he who gives pleasure to the senses, Gopal, Govinda, come and appear in front of our senses. And give us your senses so we can live for your sense enjoyment. We can serve your senses. So come, resume your duties of being a Gopa in Braj. Abandon all this nonsense, kingdom, staff and prince duties. And come and protect the cows. Come and supervise their grazing. And enough with this sending of messengers, basically. <laughs> oh, so they reach this high point in their bow. Enough with this sending of messengers. And again, Uddhav is in the midst of all this wandering, learning more and more and more. So next class, here finishes this section of the Gopis' reply. From next class on, we will see what's Uddhav's re reaction to this. How he replies, how he becomes affected by all that he has been hearing and what will take place after that. So thank you so much for your patience, your time, your attention, your sincere engagement in, in Harikatan, Shravan, Kirtan. And since we are not sharing this streaming live, unfortunately there is no place for questions that you may present live. But of course, as usual, you can share your questions in the Tatwa Bibek group and in the thread and we will, we will try to reply to them uh, along the week. So thank you so much and we will close our session by offering Pranam following the footsteps of Udav as he did, as we'll see, before leaving Braj, offering pranam perpetually to the lotus feet, the dust of the feet of the gopis, whose harikata has the power to purify the three worlds. Bandinanda Brajastrinam Padarin Unabhikshnasaya Samharikatot Gitam Punati Bhunatriyam Srila Gurudev Ki Jai Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Sri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Shri Brahma Gita Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrind Ki Jai, Gaur Praman Haribo.